Welcome to The New Yorker's November 7, 2011 issue. We have seven articles for you. In the talk of the town, Ian Fraser writes about Occupy Wall Street's lineage, and Alec Wilkinson hangs out with a bluegrass singer-songwriter duo during their downtime. Next, James Wood reports on what our personal libraries say about ourselves. Then John Lahr writes about Broadway's new star. Following that, D.T. Max profiles a bold pianist, And finally, in the current cinema, Anthony Lane reviews Tower Heist, starring Ben Stiller, Ellen Alda, and Eddie Murphy, and Lars von Trier's new film, Melancholia, starring Kirsten Dunst, Charlotte Gainsbourg, and Kiefer Sutherland. But first, it's this week's comment. In Occupational Hazards, Hendrik Hertzberg writes about the Wall Street protesters and what lies ahead. If politics is show business for ugly people, which, by the way, it's not, not this time, not the ugly people part anyway, not with a cast of characters as glossy as Mitt Romney, Rick Perry, Michelle Bachman, Sarah Palin's ghost, and Barack Obama, is Occupy Wall Street the Tea Party for liberal people, or at least for people who generally prefer a Democratic lesser evil to a Republican greater one? Something Tea Partiers and Occupiers might agree on is that the groups are not like each other. They certainly don't look alike. Yet there's an irresistible symmetry. Both arose on the political fringe, more or less spontaneously, in response to the financial crisis and its economic consequences. Neither has authoritative leaders or a formal hierarchical structure. Each was originally sparked by a third-tier media outlet, albeit of opposite types, one by a cable business news reporter's rant against losers' mortgages, the other by an email blast from an anti-corporate, non-profit, incongruously slick Canadian magazine. Occupy Wall Street and the Tea Party are both protest movements, not interest groups, and while both are wary, or claim to be, of established political figures and organizations, each welcomes their praise, if not their direction. Both have already earned places in the long, raucous history of ideologically promiscuous American populism, but only one, so far, has earned a place in the history of American government. From the start, Democratic politicians and their center-left institutional allies watched the Tea Party with, besides fear and loathing, a certain professional envy. After Obama sailed into office on the biggest popular vote majority in 20 years, Republicans were left treading water. A few months later, the Tea Party came along to pick them up, dry them off, give them a new suit of...